Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. Uh, and on uh, this episode, we have horror author Christoph Paul. How's it going, man? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and then also, this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. And uh, so you, uh, Christoph, you uh, co-edited the uh, anthology, This Book Ain't Nothing to Fuck With, uh, a Wu-Tang tribute anthology, which is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. What's that like? Thank you. Thank you. Yep. yep. Yeah, it was fun. That was that was that was really fun to edit. It just you know, uh, a lot of people came up with the Wu Tang mythos stories, and uh, some were horror, some were literary fiction, some were bizarro. Mm -hmm. uh, just you know, it's I don't know if I'll ever edit a collection that'll be that fun, you know. But it was it was cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and especially, uh, were you also, uh, so during the recent uh, Martin Screlly uh, going to jail thing, yes. did you also immediately think of where's the Wu-Tang album and what's going to happen to it? Yeah, I mean, that was like, I was like, I went from good justice is being served to, well, where the fuck's the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, album? <laughs> is that going to come up? I mean, that, and that's sad, but that, that's where my head went. It was like, yes. yeah, fuck this guy, but where's the album? You know, I don't care about him, but I care where this album is. So I don't know. It just it keeps this story just keeps it just added a whole nother layer. Did did is Mar did Martin hide it? Does he have it in a special place? Like, you know, what's going to happen now? I don't know. Right. My headcanon is that it was actually stolen a while back in a ridiculous heist uh, with all of the living members of the Wu-Tang and uh, Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes. uh, Martin Shkreli was just too embarrassed to, you know, let it out. That, I mean, that's what I want to believe. But I think he's he's like a piece of shit that would hide it in such a like good place that only he knows where it is. That's that's my That's my feelings on it. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. You know, it's a good bargaining chip to have in prison. You know, <laughs> I mean, he can say, hey, you know, if you don't beat the shit out of me or sexually violate me, I'll show you. I'll let you, you know, get a listen to the Wu-Tang Clan. It's, it's, you know, that might be his his uh, that might be his bodyguard. Yeah. Having, having the Wu-Tang chip. And, and although let's let's be real. That album probably sucks, but it's OK because it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, you know, the RZA, I'm so fascinated him as a producer. Like, he didn't know what the hell he was doing when he made <laughs> that album. He was just right. like, I I'm just going to do what's dope. And now he's like a serious musician, but mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. He, he just, you know, ignorance sometimes is bliss. It's rare in, in most craft, whether it be music or writing. But there's that time when you don't know what you're doing and it's just this pure, cool thing. I think that first, those first couple albums where the RZA just, you know, just having that natural uh getting lucky too i think he got lucky somewhat oh, yeah. too but oh for sure yeah so christoph um i always like to ask guests uh on this show what their entry point into horror was like what started you down this lowly path <laughs> yeah i mean you know from a young young age i just was always drawn to horror I mean, I write in a lot of different genres. Like, I, you know, sometimes I'll say I'm humor and horror. Sometimes I'll say I'm bizarre. It's all marketing terms to me when all said right. and done. But uh, my heart's always been with horror. Horror was actually, I was six years old, and I was obsessed with Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. And I, I wrote my first story called The Pool Monster, 
about a monster that will come out when you dive in this pool and he, he puts his fist up and it, it'll punch through your stomach, rinse out your heart. Um, <laughs> right. My childhood wasn't that bad, though, that I should be writing like pool monster stories, but I just was always drawn to horror. I, I loved, you know, mainstream horror of like, you know, Freddy and Chucky, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Mount Rushmore of like horror villains. And then, you know, I just, it's always stayed with me. I'd say like the, the staples of things I've loved have been horror, uh, butts, X-Men. I like football a lot still. So yeah, those have been the constant uh, state in music. But I've just, horror has always been my uh, genre of choice, especially to watch. Uh, horror fiction can be hit or miss, um, but mo- horror films is, a great horror film is hard to top. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And I think that, especially with horror fiction, like, I'm, I mean, like, obviously we're all like big fans of horror fiction, but yeah, I think movies lend themselves to horror, um, maybe better as a medium than, uh, like fiction, like novels and short stories, because like trying to maintain that level of, uh, trying to maintain an ideal level of tension and atmosphere the entire time of the book is I think sometimes more of an uphill battle than just putting it on screen. Yes. Uh, I got to be lucky to see, uh, Joe Hill be on a panel and uh, he, he made a good point that a lot of the horror is, it's very, uh, it's sound base. It's the music, it's the scream, it's the chills. I mean, oh yeah. It, it, I mean, I think a great writer can do that, like can make it atmosphere. Like that's the thing, like, uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys like that gets obsessed with the atmosphere. There's a lot of writers that are like, oh, the atmosphere is what it is. But I right. think it matters in horror fiction. You you need something to make up for that lack of sound and, and, and you know, that you can get in the movies and where, you know, you get that right breeze. I mean, even the, right. you know, and, I mean, it just all works. It's It's so sound oriented. Yeah, and honestly, like, uh, trying to imagine the original Halloween without that Carpenter score... You can't. would not have been no. anything close to what it is. It's like, I, I think a good... It's like, I, I like Nirvana a lot, but I always argue, like, if you didn't have Dave Grohl, it, it, it wouldn't have been as good of... It just wouldn't have been as good. Yes, mm-hmm. Kurt is great, but you need those drums. You need that other thing. And I think, yeah, music and sound is, is really what makes a horror film special. Definitely. So, Christoph, you wrote a book called Horror Film Poems. I did. And in it, you write a poem about Hellraiser. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a lot of them. I was that was that's my most well-reviewed book, and I don't even consider myself a poet. That was just like a love affair, my love affair with horror, and mm-hmm. just I was able to put it with poetry and do a lot of persona poems. Um, yeah, and Hellraiser is definitely one of my one. Probably my favorite horror franchise when all said and done. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this because I don't quite get the Hellraiser franchise. Oh, there we go. It's one of those that I saw in college, and I just thought that's it because it, you know, it. I think Pinhead is like any of the other. You, to use your term, the horror Mount Rushmore, like mm-hmm. they get so iconoclastic, mm-hmm. you just see them all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when I finally got to the movie, I was a little let down by it. But it I was mean, a little, it was a little overhyped for you. Yeah, and but like Ryan, this is your favorite movie, right? My favorite movie. 
Isn't it like well, one of your favorite movies? Well, it, it's definitely one of my favorite. I, I think my favorite horror movie ever is. Pr- I, I hate to say this because I, I want to give a thing like Alien is my absolute favorite or something, but honestly, Nightmare Th- Nightmare Part Three, Dream Warriors, is my favorite. It's horror a movie. great horror movie. It, it, uh, that's yeah. the best nightmare. I agree. Oh, oh yeah, like I I've, I've rewatched that movie probably more than any other movie ever. Great like, movie. I can I have memorized the entire thing. But Hellraiser occupies a place for me because I, uh, Quincy, as you know, uh, I am the biggest Clive Barker nut swinger on planet Earth. And, which to be fair, the movies stray kind of a lot from Barker's original vision. And at at a certain point it gets, they they lose the plot. But now the thing thing that I love about Pinhead, uh, aside from everything, is that with a lot of horror villains, they, especially in the 80s, it zigged where every other horror movie was zagging in that, like, every other horror movie you had basically a sort of cackle... You either had, like, the Freddy mold of cackling evil goblin man or silent brick shithouse with a knife. And then with Pinhead, you had the high priest of hell. You had, you know, he had this innate nobility. He had a gravity to him. And the score in the movie, just it's this huge sweeping affair that makes everything feel huge. And going back to hashtag atmosphere, um, Hellraiser, I think for me also, uh, I'm, I'm actually getting the Lemarchand configuration uh, tattooed nice. uh, pretty soon. Nice. Can I, and- can I talk you out of that simply because, <laughs> like other occult imagery, it might be real. Right, you know, I might be inviting I deeply care about you, point, so I yeah. don't want to lose you to your tattoo. That's a good point. Maybe I don't want to, like, have a It's a, a little hubristic, man. <laughs> a little hubristic, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't because know. I, uh, I've got a tattoo from Goblin Market by Christina Rossetti that I'm getting a full sleeve of, and I'm like, well, I mean, the Lemarchand configuration is very much mm-hmm. in keeping with Goblin Market and seeking out pleasures that maybe you shouldn't. Um... But I, I think my favorite description of any character in any medium came from some rando on the internet who described Frank Cotton in Hellraiser as globe-trotting pervert Frank Cotton. Um, <laughs> that just sums him up completely. He's, yeah. He literally summons demons to give himself a boner. Like, th- yeah. So, I, Quincy, like, with, with uh, trying to communicate why we love Hellraiser, I feel like we're mostly going to come down to, like, there's, there was nothing else like it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's the themes too. I mean, there are just some actual, I think, deep themes of Hellraiser. There's a weird. Um, I never really have talked about this to people, but there's also a weird like Buddhist element to it. The idea of desire and pain mm-hmm. and suffering. It's this weird like Buddhist S and M. Right, right, right. That like all suffering is related to human yeah. desire. That if you could just if you could just give that up and it, not need to exactly. bang your, your your brother's wife and not need to summon demons to get a heart on, you you could have been okay. I argue that it's the most Buddhist film that's ever been made, uh, oh, Hellraiser. Um, and I, I feel like you honestly need. Uh, you need. I th- I almost feel like Hellraiser one and Hellraiser two are really almost part of the same movie like it's actually Mm -hmm. you can watch those two back to back and it's just you get this like epic tragic horror you know opera almost absolutely and and then yeah by part three when you're bringing in the the cenobite who shoots cds out of his face you know yeah i love that guy that cheapened it (laughs) um i do think uh hellraiser four was actually i love it man i think it's i mean i can't say it's a great film but i really love it I mean, Hellraiser 3, 
it's a guilty pleasure for me at times. It's mm-hmm. not a good movie. It's a really shitty movie. Um, you know, some of the other one. I remember the what was the there, then there was the number five, which was like David Lynch makes Hellraiser. That was <laughs> right. kind of all right in its own unique way. Then then it just goes off. Then it's just like then they're really bad. Right. So let's talk about this because I think that this is a franchise that is notorious for having a superb start and then a yes. what the fuck has happened yeah. finish. Yeah. Why do you think this of all franchises, you know, I mean, Jason has Jason X, but right. this, I have an answer for you know, this. I mean, look at our list. The bottom yes. of our list uh, is Hellraiser Revelations. The, the yep. pro- yeah. The problem is is that they made it all about Pinhead. Right. And what they should have done, the real star of this is Leviathan. The, oh, yeah. the god. That's who I want to know more about. I want to know more about Hell. What they tried to, like, I think they tried to, you know, kind of keep up with the other Joneses and the horror franchises. So we need... We need a Freddy. We need a Jason. Like, Freddy and Jason were such dominant forces in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then they, they get away from trying to be like Pinhead, and they're like, they're all over the place. They're tr- they're basically, I mean, it looks, I, I don't know for a fact, but it looks like they just found scripts. And they're like, okay, this is decent enough. Let's put on, let's put some, let's put Pinhead in at the well, end. And, or, and that's exactly what yeah. they did was in order to keep the rights to the franchise, they kept taking unrelated scripts, which is why you get like, yeah. all right, here's a goofy cyber thriller with Pinhead or like, all right, yeah. here's our hard boiled noir story. Also, there are Cenobites. And that's just a, that's just bad storytelling 101. Like that's just yeah. how, that's how you make a bad story. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's supposed to be another one coming out and I, of course I will watch <sighs> it like the first day it comes out. And I, yep. I've actually, I actually like writing to, um, revelations. It's a very good movie to write to. Uh, for just atmosphere, because not like I'm fucking watching it. Right. <laughs> I'm it's, just like, yeah, it's, it's good for atmosphere. It's good background, but um, I mean, man, I don't know. One and two are masterpieces to me, and four is pretty good. I see. Um, four is great because they were like, okay, we need this movie to be in space, but also 18th century France with uh, baby yeah, Adam that was Scott cool. as like, a French to me, that, Yeah, that was great. I mean, that that's just like that, that ages better to me. It just keep age. It ages well to me. On many yeah. levels. And then also I love that uh, the actor who plays Kirsty uh, totally copped to like, yeah, I was in part six because I needed to buy a new refrigerator. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then her husband is Mayhem from the fucking car insurance ads. Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, yeah, same guy. I, and Go that's on. kind of the funny thing about Hellra- the Hell- Hellraiser franchise is like kind of everybody has been in here. Like part three, you've got Jadzia Dax from Deep Space Nine playing a yeah. reporter. Yep. That's true. Yeah. And and honestly, like, the first Hellraiser, I think one of the things I, um, I think one of the funniest, uh, accidentally funniest moments in any horror movie is the very end of this movie where um, all the Cenobites have come and they're like, lol, we're going to torture you forever. And then Kirsty solves the puzzle box uh, again to, like, send them back to hell. And Pinhead, instead of sending out chains to rip her face off, just yells, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And that's all, he, and then he gets sent howling back to hell, and it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, it's just you know, uh, I, yeah, it, it's not really a great causality, but it, I like it. It worked yeah. for me. And also, I got to point out here because um, um, there's a uh, there's a documentary, uh, like an hour long one on YouTube called Leviathan: uh, The Story of Hellraiser. Yeah, and it's revealed that uh, the guy that uh, plays 
the Chatterer Cenobite is in real life apparently the sweetest, bubbliest, most cheerful fucking guy on the planet. <laughs> and the guy that plays Butterball in the documentary was like, you know, like, every morning it would be like five in the morning and he would come in like, hello, everyone, hello. And we're like, please, Dennis, it's five in the morning. And like, just, he's, he cannot be stopped. He is so cheerful about being in this movie. So Hellraiser 1 is better than Hellraiser 2. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. I want to say but, yes. But not by much, but yes. Hellraiser yeah. 2 really, really is a great film, too. It gets overshadowed, but man, that's a that's a great film as well. I mean, Dr. C- uh, what's it, Canard, I mean, he's just oh, yeah. he's really memorable to me. That scene where... I think I even like posted that on Instagram like a couple weeks ago where he, he becomes a Cenobite. It's just, ah, oh, it's beautiful. You wanted to me. know. Now you yeah. know. Yeah. Man, and honestly, I love so, that the, the Canard Cenobite like sings vibrato at you while chasing you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good shit. So, is Hellraiser better than Candyman? <sighs> Both Clive Barker properties. Um, I'm going to easily say yes. That's a yes for me. Though I like Candyman a lot, but nah, it's no. Uh, I f- see. I, 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 this is a tough one for me because I feel like Candyman is a more cohesive story. Yeah, but, but and, nah. and, and I think, and, and of course, both of them have the very Clive Barker theme of yeah. you had to keep picking that scab and you couldn't leave it well enough alone and now it's going to consume you. Which I it's and and honestly though like also with Hellraiser one I think my 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 major beef with Hellraiser one is that or not Hellraiser one excuse me Hellraiser two um, there's the thing that drives me crazy is the Inuyasha Kagome thing where two characters scream each other's names over and over again for the length of the film and you get that with like Kirsty Tiffany and you it's so it's so annoying and and then in contrast with part one you've got exactly like three characters you care about and it's Kirsty, uh frank cotton and julia and i, th- I feel like there are so many things th- in in part one it, i don't know it feels unfinished like it feels like the ending especially was supposed to be way bigger than it was and then they kind of ran You're talking out about part two or part one part one um okay. where she just kind of solves the box and sends them back to hell and then there's a dragon um yeah that thing is weird <laughs> yeah yeah the dragon is a little weird and then also apparently need- um they uh an, at, at the final scene they ran out of money for animations and so for an entire weekend clive barker and one of the other guys on the film spent the entire weekend getting drunk and hand animating uh, the lightning effects of the cenobites getting sent back to hell so i kind of love that yeah it, it works i mean i think what it is is like it's one of my favorite films and i think with favorite films it's like a partner you love them uh, in spite or even because of their flaws, you know, mm-hmm. the flaws yeah. actually make you, it makes it more endearing to you. And I think that's what it is for hell. There's just never like, I don't have that. Oh, this is like, there's never a negative moment I really have with that first film. The second film, mm-hmm. a few, that first yeah. film is just like, this is, this is good shit. Like, I, I love the premise. I love the themes. Kirsty is interesting. Frank is interesting. I like how they're, they're very, you know, a post I, and Julia is interesting. I mean, uh, she's really oh, fascinating. Yeah. I love Julia. Yeah. So only then, the only so one is the father. He's the only one that you're like, ah, fuck him. Whatever. Yeah, he's, he's, kind, he's, he's kind of a dipshit. Yeah. yeah. 
So then the question is, is Kirsty a more interesting character than Helen Lyle? Yes. Well, Helen, now, wait, who's, remind me who Helen oh, is. Oh, Helen from uh, Candyman. Helen the, is the grad, the grad student. student in Candyman who's sticking her nose Oh, yes, yes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Kurt, I don't know. I would That's say a tough no, one. I think. I okay, think I would go why? with Helen. Yeah, I, I, well, I would go Helen because I think she's given more to do narratively. Because she, you know, yeah. breaks into people's homes, fucks it up, has to redeem herself... She goes through this enormous complex process. She gets gaslighted by Candyman, where only she can see him, and he, she's like, you know, he's under the bed, and I don't know. I feel like she has a more active role in her own story, where Kirsty kind of the only big cool moment she gets is solving the puzzle box and sending puzzle, them back yeah. at the end. Yeah, she's just put upon. Other than that, she's a passive character. Yeah. Yep. So I think that then makes Candyman. Just barely better. Not by much, but just a hair better because Helen is a more interesting protagonist. Man, and this is also, this is like choosing my favorite kid because I feel like Hellraiser and Candyman are riffing on such different things, but I don't know. Like, I. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I could go either way, actually. If, if gun to my head, I might say either one of them is better because I love them both. Okay, well, here's the sticky wicket we get into. Mm-hmm. If we go above Candyman, then we have to decide where Hellraiser goes in um, in relation to Event Horizon. Oh, Hellraiser's better than, than Event Horizon. I really enjoy Event Horizon, but it's better than Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. You yep. mean Hands down. Hellraiser 4? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Hellraiser in space. Yeah, open, open, uh, open space and time. You get Christian. Yeah, um, yeah. I the thing is, I think it's better than Event Horizon uh, for one reason that jumps to mind: the score. Like that score so, is special. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so good, and it elevates everything. Like especially. Yeah. I don't know. I this uh, that and while the effects are fantastic, of course, in Event Horizon. The scene where Frank gets reanimated through the floorboards is some oh, of the so good. It's yeah. some of the best special effects I've so ever good. ever seen. It still yeah. holds up fucking beautifully. Definitely. So if it's better than Event Horizon, it's definitely better than Fulci's Cat in the Brain. Yes, I, I would say so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we get into our slasher movies that are standouts we have Mm -hmm. right above that is maniac and black christmas now i think maniac is a much more interesting film but i would say hellraiser is a more technically accomplished film yeah i'm I'm gonna agree with that hands down i i enjoyed it more but that's just my own my own personal taste but I, i didn't actually care for black christmas not i just i didn't really enjoy it well, it's oh, Sex Sounds, the movie. It's listen to these <laughs> yeah. gross sounds on the phone and um, deal with it. Yeah, pretty much. Which, playing the Friday the 13th game online for the last few weeks, i that's been my life, is having a headset with <laughs> disgusting sounds from children in my ears. Yeah. So, is Hellraiser really better than Taste the Blood of Dracula, though? Mm. Well, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Uh, for me, yes. Counterpoint, 
they taste blood, and that blood is Dracula's. <laughs> Fair so enough. actually, here's 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 my question. I was in the car thinking about this earlier today. In Taste the Blood of Dracula, if you took the powdered blood of Dracula and you dumped it into a town's water supply, could you have Dracula Town? Yes. You would have a town would, of Dracula. I would say yeah, yeah. Yep. Other thing, if you snort the blood of Dracula, do you become Super Dracula? <laughs> you, you should. You do a li- yeah, you do a line of Dracula, you become Super you Dracula. That's how you it works. Should. That should be the way. I think so, too. I, I would say that it's better than Taste the Blood of Dracula, at least for originality, because Taste the Blood of Dracula, maybe it's just I've seen too many Hammer horror films, but there are so many Hammer horror films I can compare Taste the Blood of Dracula to, and not a lot of things that I think are mentally comparable in style. Yeah, dude, Hellraiser and... was unique. Yeah, I mean, it and, really was a unique film. Blood of Dracula is not the best Hammer horror film. Oh, certainly not. It's not even the best Dracula film. I mean, yeah. they could barely get Christopher Lee in it. I think he just begrudgingly showed up for the paycheck for that one. They never show him uh, from the waist up, so I'm assuming he was pantsless for the duration of filming and barely left his trailer. Very, very possible. Now, is Hellraiser better than Army of Darkness? Oh, man. Um, Well, for me, yes. I mean, this is one of my favorite horror movies, so I'm going to say yes probably almost every time. (laughs) Yep. ah, This is a tough one for me because I feel like this is a tougher uh, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because if we're if we're going with the uh, the Roger Ebert test of what is it trying to do and how well does it do that, I think Army of Darkness is more consistent in what it's trying to do, and Hellraiser is a little spottier, especially with the ending and some of the middle bits. Um, and I, I think Army of Darkness has a clarity of purpose all the way through that maybe wasn't possible for the hectic shooting schedule that Hellraiser had, and which kind of suffered as a result. So I feel like. Going and and I say this again as the most devoted Clive Barker fanboy on the planet. I think Army of Darkness might be better. It's definitely the Friday Night movie. Oh yeah. Oh Friday Night. I'm I'm getting my Tombstone pizza and my root beer and I'm I'm putting on Army of Darkness. Although I also put on the Hellraiser movies pretty frequently while I'm working. You know. Hellraiser is more of a horror movie. It is scarier mm-hmm. than Army of Darkness. And I, I guess now it, it boils down to iconic characters. Are the Cenobites or Ash more iconic? Ash. Mm, yeah. I think Ash. Yeah. Chainsaw Hand? Give me some yeah. sugar, baby. This is my boomstick. And well, what has Hellraiser got? Jesus Wept? Oh, no. You've got uh, We'll Tear Your Soul Apart. We've got... Um, do I look yeah, like someone some who cares what God thinks? Which, I, I feel like I'd used the do I look like someone who cares what God thinks animated gif probably more than any other gif. So, think about it this way. Hellraiser is the chubby guy in the anime polyester shirt unbuttoned sure. with mm-hmm. uh, at the party. Um, Hellraiser is the goth kid who do you want to hang out with goth kid yeah goth kid <clears throat> gotta go goth kid uh Bauhaus t-shirt and uh really tight pants over onk, ne- onk necklace uh, onk necklace so in that case then hellraiser keeps going up the list 
Mm-hmm. Up the bracket. Now, here's where I'm digging my heels in. Ginger mm-hmm. snaps. <sighs> oh. Oh, yeah, I, lo- I really love Ginger Snaps, but I-, I-, I can't say that Ginger Snaps is a better movie than Hellraiser. I just, I can't. I, I can, I, nah. Candy, Candyman, I can understand some people saying, look, I, Ginger, Na- Ginger Snaps is a great film, but as just a horror fan, I, I can't, I can't, no, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Quincy, all right, uh, advocate for Ginger Snaps. What's your, what's your take on this? Okay, Ginger Snaps... Uh, is a very valuable addition to the horror canon because it explains to a male-dominated industry and an industry uh, marketed mainly to troglodyte boys what it's like to be a teenage girl. Yes, I can't think of many other werewolf movies that have a female werewolf at the center of it. Also, it's a good werewolf movie. It's a great werewolf movie. It's a great werewolf movie, and I agree with you there. I feel like Hellraiser, though, is on a whole other level. I just feel like those themes are... I I mean, this goes back to, like... And I guess you could say both movies go back. I mean, this goes back to the... I mean, you could say the Bible, a lot of it was horror stories. And I feel like Mm -hmm. Hellraiser really captures the essence of horror very well. I feel like uh, the other film is a great film it, it it never scared me i think that's that's one of the things either like it, i was never scared of ginger snaps i just didn't i enjoyed it like a great i, I like ya a lot and i enjoyed it like a, this was like a great ya horror thing to me ginger mm-hmm. snaps i think it was a per, one of the best probably ya horror films of all time um but i just feel like man hellraiser really went to some deep places that you see horror movies try to do um you know with the fear of death the fear of existence the fear of pain and it just pulls it off and i think i think there's a lot of elegance to hellraiser there's that and julia's uh incredible 80s business lady shoulder pads that's that too (laughs) that's fucking duality metaphysical shoulder pads that's what makes a good horror movie I will, I will say this, and personally, that affected me if I ever was ever thinking about having a one-night stand. I would think of Julia. There's this, like, yes. part in my head. That, that's always stayed with me. Like, it really made me always think, hey, could this be too good to be true? Well, you, you, know? check, for the, you, you check for the shoulder pads at the, at the hotel bar, first of all. Of course. Because you see those, you know you're getting brained with a hammer later on, and that's just yeah. how the night's going. I mean, that was... That's petrifying. I mean, the idea that there's a woman going out seducing men to not just kill them, but feed them to something. Feed them to a skinless corpse. Yeah, I mean, that's that's hardcore. That is some scary shit. I mean, this is just such a great commentary on how desire can can destroy you, which I I mean, that really is – that's a, well, I think there's always a. I think there's a relation between religion and horror. I think they're both kind of getting at a lot of the same things, mm-hmm. and I, I just think there's this there's this depth to Hellraiser that's that's hard. You know, I think Friday, the, uh, not Friday the Third, but Friday, some ways Friday the Third, but like Nightmare on Elm Street, even the, the the fear of dreams. There's these you know unknowns that oh the the sins of the father, violence. all that biblical shit. Oh yeah, all that. Would you rather? hook up with a woman 
and realize you're going to be fed to a skinless guy. Yeah. Or would you rather hook up with a woman in a graveyard and discover that you've turned, you've been shrunk down into a um, little person so that you can work in an alternate dimension uh, and your boss is a really tall man? I would, re- I would way rather be brained by 80s lady than have to clock in for an eternal shift as a wizened corpse. Yeah, that's, that's my a question, too. Am I going to Leviathan's Hell if I get taken? Right. Well, what what does happen to those dudes? We don't know. So that's, well, they, that's a good... That's a that's a bad flaw of the film. I don't know. And, and actually, that's the question. is if you uh, Let's say that you're in the Hellraiser universe and you just get hit by a Volvo and you die. Do you go instantly to Weirdo Hell? Or is this, like, a specific... Po- is, like, Levi- is the Labyrinth in Hellraiser 2, like, a specific subreddit of hell yeah the particularly perverted ones go let's be fair hell is a is a subreddit of hell (laughs) yeah but that's what's cool about this film is there's so many fun questions in the hellraiser universe Mm -hmm. and almost the unanswered things lead to um you know i love the book the ruins i don't like the movie but the book uh, the ruins was great because i kept i kept wondering where the hell these ruins came from what are the laws of these plants and everything and you know i i just i don't know hellraiser hellraiser special to me yeah i would agree it is special so Ryan, there's, hellraiser there's kind of or phantasm which is better i gotta go i I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Quincy. I gotta go Hellraiser. I think it's better oh, than Phantasm. God damn you. No! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive it's true. me. It's true. No. Well, also because it makes okay, any sense so, is, the, is the reason. But what's scarier? Something that makes sense or something where you're just scratching your head going, what the Ooh. fuck is happening? Now, actually, and here's the thing. Hellraiser doesn't scare me so much. Um legitimately the thought of being forced to work forever for a dick that actually does scare me so in that regard i think phantasm is a scarier movie because hellraiser mostly what i do is like it's me in a scrooge mcduck style pool of gore and chains and weird demon shit sort of doing the backstroke because i love it so much and the phantasm legitimately creeps me out in a different way I think Phantasm, there's more to chew on, Mm -hmm. so that's why I would argue it's better. But I do see how, you know, if we're talking about Iconic, you know, Pinhead is on a lot more t-shirts than the Tall Man. Yeah. Well, and here's also the thing. Um, The Tall Man is, like, Democratic Party levels of what the fuck is your platform in real life. Where, like, <laughs> you kind of know what his deal is, but you kind of don't. It's like, you've, you've got his, you know, you've got uh, the tall man in the break room uh, with the dry erase board, and it's like, alright, my plans. Uh, have silver balls, acquire corpses for manual labor, and that's it. And it, it's sort of, I don't, I, I don't get what his entire deal is. And of course, the later movies kind of go into it, but you're kind of left with more questions than you had at the start. Where with Pinhead, I think he's more iconic and enduring because you know what the High Priest of Hell, leader of the Order of the Gash, you kind of know what his whole deal is. Yeah. He's so much himself. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words because I'm looking at this list and I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I'm on, have you ever been riding in a car 
and mm-hmm. you don't know if you're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> One time in college, we uh, I hopped in the car with some friends, and we were running the, the McDonald's. And I was sitting in the back seat, and the person in the front seat was so busy talking that they turned and went on the wrong side of a median. That Was that me? Not this particular story. Oh, okay. Because there was, <laughs> there was one where uh, Alex jumped out of the back of the car while it was moving because I was driving in the opposite lane. Jesus! Damn. That's just how I feel right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm sorry to, to visit this hell upon you. So, like... I don't know. Throw another movie on this list out. That's what is the ceiling? Where is this stopping? <laughs> you are at a loss. Uh, I okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. But would you? Di- but here's the question, though. Can you say in your heart of hearts that Phantasm is better than Hellraiser? No, I can't. And that's why I'm looking higher on this list. Now I just don't know. <laughs> Up is right, down. Black is white. I don't know what to here's do. Here's my here's my ceiling. I do not think that Hellraiser is better than Reanimator. Yeah. If I we're think talking about 80s, oh yeah. Buck Wild Reanimator is better. Personally, I think it is, but I can't I, I can un, I can't like I, I I yeah, it's a tough one to to I, I like it more, but I can't like say oh this is definitely a better film. Yeah. the animator so okay there i think that is a good ceiling now here's the other problem though is i'm looking up the list i do think hellraiser is better than funny games oh yeah yeah i, I think don't... it's better than funny games too yeah. so it's got to go higher than reanimator uh yeah i, I mean think hellraiser is better, better than, than reanimator mm, i think suspiria is better than hellraiser Okay, now that's so, a fair argument to me. I could I can go with that. Suspiria is a special film to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, even though Hell, Hellraiser is a personal favorite, so I'm trying to keep that in mind with ranking something. But if you're going to say if someone went to me, they said, "Look, Suspiria is a way better film than Hellraiser." I could I could go, "Okay, I can listen to that." If you go up to me and say Reanimator is way better than Hellraiser, I'm gonna I would say no. I would right. say nah. So yeah, I, you know, I think it's got to go right under Suspiria then. So yeah, that's fair. I, I can live with that. Hellraiser. Quincy, you are a living saint. I'm sorry to have uh, sent chains shooting out the side of the podcast into your face. So listen, people are always like, why do you rank such bad movies? It's because it's easy to rank bad movies. <laughs> right, right. You just describe which one you hate less, which is much, much easier than going, is Hellraiser better than Reanimator? Yeah, that's hard. That's that long so, dark night of the soul shit. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Quincy. How do you feel about pro wrestling? Uh, I would I would describe myself as fond of pro wrestling, maybe even exceedingly fond. Uh, hey Ryan, yeah. How do you feel about enamel pins? Uh, enamel pins are how I uh, use my jacket to show that I'm actually cooler than all the other kids in school, uh, and in fact too cool for school with my wrestling pins. So, yeah, you beat me to the punch. So our sponsor this week is <laughs> Lapelia.com. Yeah, uh, Lapelia makes pro wrestling enamel pins yeah like they've they've got literally especially if you're into new japan pro wrestling like i am which is what i constantly think about and talk about 
Um, Lapelia has a bunch of pins uh, that you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, the art on them is incredible. They have a two-sweet pin. If you buy the two-sweet pin, someone will two-sweet your pin. And you know you want that to happen. If you both have a two-sweet hand symbol pin and then you chest bump, you can two-sweet each other um, with your pins. But then also if you two-sweet with uh, two other hands, that is three two-sweets in one two-sweet. That's just good business. Yeah. So, Lapelia has been so kind uh, to give us a promo code to share with you guys. Uh, enter the code Rank and Vile at checkout, and you can get twenty percent off your order at Lapelia.com. And then, especially uh, with um, with the promo code, you're you're giving your money to somebody who makes really really dope shit. And it's like it, this isn't a, a, a nature box thing that you would never care for or Blue Apron. This is rad wrestling pins, and you get a promo code. What's not to love? Do it. Let's talk about a really gross fucking short film called When Sussurus Stirs. Oh boy. Oh, that was yeah, that was great. I mean I definitely I'm I'm a fan of Jeremy. It's almost weird. I mean, like, I I always liked that story. I I've I you know can remember that story for a lot of years now, but man, I, I love I, I think I love the film more than the story. So, Christoph, um, bring our listeners up to speed with Jeremy Robert Johnson and the story that this short film was based off of. I mean, Jeremy Robert Johnson, I mean, for lack of better terms, he was, he's been marketed as bizarro, but I don't, I don't ever, I don't really, act, I actually see him as literary horror, and bizarro really, I think it's just a, a it's a marketing term for people mm-hmm. who are kind of genre fuckers. They like to mess with genres and throw a lot of stuff together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some like Carlton Malick is probably the only true him and uh, what's his name, uh, Kevin Donahue. I think that those two really capture that word. Uh, but I mean, Jeremy Robert Johnson to me is just a really great literary transgressive horror speculative you know he just he's just a bunch of stuff thrown together he's definitely uh, lovecraftian in a lot of ways and this is just a great body horror story i mean it's a and the film just really took it to another level i mean i was i was impressed with this film i was like i remember people i i trust saying it was really good but you know you think okay they're friends with jeremy you know of course they're gonna say that i've you know, I've had friends that have done films, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great, and it's not, you know, because it's your friend. You don't, you don't want to shit on right. your movies. You don't want to shit on your friend. I th- yeah. I think I saw, Christoph, on your Facebook, you are like, this is really gross. And I was like, how gross could it be? And oh, it, it, was, yeah. it exceeded my expectations for disgusting. Yeah. I'm not one that's going to actually say something's gross. Not much makes me squeamish. I mean, I think that I, I can probably count on one hand the movies that really made me cringe um this was this was fucking gross man in a great way i mean this was great body horror i'm not even a like lisa loves body horror Mm -hmm. i'm like i could go with or without it when all said and done i don't think it actually makes for good fiction the the character's really passive and they're stuck but this just worked so well for it it, body horror works best as a short story in my opinion Mm -hmm. Not in, a lo- or not in a longer form. Um, and, I, and this was great. And I yeah. think it was the purposely lo-fi puppet work that yes. really made yeah. it click. Oh, yes. I miss puppets. It, it worked. I was like, what the fuck is this puppet? But I, I, it just, and then I loved it. I was just like, this actually makes, this just, 
this fits so well because it's like you expect some like ancient god to look like this but it would look something like that it would look like some evolutionary fuck up you know right and well and also this this to me it's two things one narratively i loved that when sisters um it kind of addressed this thing where like sometimes it's like i mean when you're wouldn't it be kind of nice to get and and now i'm gonna say this there, there have been moments in my life where I have felt very rudderless and very scared and very powerless and didn't really have a whole lot going on. And between that and getting possessed by an ancient evil, like an eldritch fucking god, I love that idea that, like, hey, your life has purpose now. You're, you know, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, and then also this this uh, drove home for me. Watching Wincesuristers, because it was gross as fuck, and, I mean, I body horror is my particular jam like i love body horror and it just it was a fucking it, it people post lovecraft have done so much more with cosmic horror than lovecraft's yeah wordy racist I, I actually ass ever, say, ever did. yeah i i'm not a fan of lovecraft at all i don't even no. i'm not even talking about his personal life which is you know and his views I just don't like it. I, I just don't like his stories or style. I, I think it's like good inspiration. I kind of see him like like lame 80s hip hop. He's like that. <laughs> you know, like he inspired. It's, it's the horror equivalent of uh, my name's H.P. Lovecraft and I'm here to say. Yeah, that, exactly. He's like cool in the gang or something, you know, like <laughs> he's he started something really great, but he kind of sucked himself at doing it. You know, I don't like his writing style. His writing I, sucks. I don't like his, you know, uh, I don't think he's a good storyteller at all. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's just... Well, I mean, I remember reading yeah, The Call of Cthulhu uh, when I was a teenager and first getting into Lovecraft and, like, you know you know that thing when you listen to bands that you're trying so hard to convince yourself you enjoy listening to? Like, when you go through a noise rock period? Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, you know, I, I got a giant collection of Lovecraft stories and, of course, Call of Cthulhu is, like, his Enter Sandman. It's, like, his yeah. big fucking thing. And I remember getting to the end of Call of Cthulhu, and it's like, and anyway, they all hit him with a boat, and then he went back into the ocean, and that's it. And yeah, it's like, that, it, fucking, that's where all of this was leading, Herbert. For fuck's sake. Yeah, he's great. He's great at inspiring people. It's like the potential of what this can be. Yeah. Uh, it's like he's like a great rough draft. I mean, when all said and done, <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'll take this and make it fully formed, and and. The whole fucking industry has been built on it, and, and you know people are making money right writing weird fiction. I mean, it's actually a, a pretty profitable. It's probably more profitable right now than most horror fiction. Um, it's yeah. just hot right now. Uh, horror fiction's a little bit on the decline, but you know, weird fiction. Like I, I'm a you know editor. And I'm like, we're gonna fucking market this as weird fiction. I mean, it's, it's yeah. on that. I, I have a collection I'm editing, and I'm like, this is right on that line between horror and weird fiction. I'm gonna market this as weird fiction because that's what you know get it is getting people excited right now so yeah yep. uh he he's definitely um he's definitely uh you know conquered uh stories <laughs> right now <laughs> uh, he, he he he's won in the end so speaking of feeling really gross inside um what's a better movie kuso or the short film uh which is available free on Vimeo when Sisters. Oh, Kuso. Definitely Kuso. What's. Wh really? Kujo yeah. or Kuso? Kuso. Oh, Kuso with an the S. The Flying Lotus movie. I don't know that film. Oh, man. It's got a cockroach it's that lives in a guy's ass and spits psychedelic vomit out. 
And I'd have to yeah. see that. I don't know. It's on Shutter. I mean, I'll it say this. I, um, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I mean, for my favorite horror, horror shorts, this is definitely in my top three. I mean, I really love this. Mm-hmm. My favorite horror short. I really loved a few of the VHS films, the shorts. Um, yeah, I thought they really did some special stuff. I love the cult one. I feel like that the ending was a little weird, but I love that film. I love uh, the first one, um, Amateur Night with the I Like You Girl. I think that's yeah. a, I love that one. Yeah, that that was actually the only segment I've seen from VHS that really did anything for me. I yeah, really, that, really that, one that one was great. I even liked I even liked uh, the whole movie the the full movie they did on that I I love the there's some there's some good VHS ones but this really just like this could have been this should be in in a collection I think I think oh, this yeah. should really be in uh, a horror collection I mean I remember seeing uh, what was it oh, fuck uh, tale uh, midnight oh, fuck give me help me out guys it was like tales at Min- tales of Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tales Tales of Halloween. Halloween. yeah. And there were some there were some good ones. There were some ones that really sucked. I thought you know, it sucks. I, I wanted to love XX. You know, I'm like, fuck uh, I yeah, did too, women. because it's because it's I Annie wanted Clark. to love it so bad. Yeah, I wanted to love it. I wanted to love this collection and I did not at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, come on. Well, we and, and the Sasuke sisters generally, I'm I feel like I've every Sasuke sister movie that I've seen so far has been like, oh, you had half an incredible movie here and then didn't see it. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll find their way. They they got they got the stuff. They just, oh, yeah. you know, they Mostly need it, some it makes me look forward to it makes me look forward to when they finally it. get it all nailed down and like get they're, a solid They're movie. they're a group I want to actually see go mainstream. I think it'll actually be better better for them if they have to play with some more rules and i think it would actually mm-hmm. you know be be good for them as creators having some good producers yeah because like the first half of american mary is incredible yeah and then it kind of loses the plot and doesn't really know what to do with itself yeah okay, I, I read i read a book like i don't know i don't even want to say the book but i read a i read a book and it was just like that the first half was just amazing and then the the longer I got, the more it ran out of steam, and that's that's just storytelling skills. When all said and done, that's just like pantsing it and just you know it, it yeah. doesn't end up well. Okay, so I'm looking at hardware. Is this short film uh, when Sussurus stirs? When Sussurus stirs? When Sussurus stirs? Is it better or worse than Richard Stanley's hardware? I'm gonna say better. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm I I love hardware so much, so I wanna say it's not better than hardware, but also I'm getting outruled two to one, so we move ahead. No, no, that's not necessarily how this goes. Um, well, let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about this like a family. Um, <laughs> hardware has some really excellent practical effects. Yes. Yeah. And you've got Dylan McDermott put, putting in a great performance. You've got Iggy Pop as a DJ. You've got one of the most loathsome characters in any horror movie. Yeah, um, yeah, that neighbor is. Yeah, ugh. that guy gives me the fucking creeping willies more than I than than most horror movies I've seen. That guy gets under my skin. Um, but uh, even for that though, I don't know that it accomplishes what it's trying to accomplish as well as when Cicerus Sturs does. Yeah, that's an effective movie, man. That movie really yeah. fucking oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a rancid pizza bagel. It's perfect. 
So then I think it has to go right beneath Kuso and right above hardware then. Yep, that actually sounds that sounds right. Alright. Christoph, thank yes. you for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, man, this was fun. Really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been uh, an absolute it's been an absolute delight. And then also I'm I'm so glad to have finally um, talk to you after hearing about you for ages from Lisa, because like thus yeah. far you've been sort of a, a mythical floating figure in the background, and I didn't know if it was some beautiful mind shit that Lisa was doing. So it's wonderful to finally hang out. I like to keep it like that, but you know sometimes I got to come out of the cave and, and show that I'm real, you know. But I right. like to be mythical, right? Much like much like so, Candyman, you know, you're the whisper in the classroom. Yeah. Definitely. So if we say your name three times in a mirror, uh, where can our listeners Five. find you online? You can find me at Twitter with a uh, at just Chris. Just look up Christoph Paul uh, underscore at the end. Uh, I'm on Facebook at the Passion of the Christoph. Uh, nice. ChristophPaulAuthor.com. I'm on Goodreads. Uh, pretty much on all the social media sites that there are. I don't really do Snapchat. That's the one I don't really do. Um, I do YouTube. I do actually do funny. Uh, I do. Uh, I came up with this character, Jason Voorheesberg, which is just this neurotic uh, Jewish serial killer uh, who's like a bad Jason. And he, uh, I do book reviews and, and stuff like that. So Jason Voorheesberg, uh, I help run uh, uh, class media and class books uh, at yesclass.com. Um, and I should plug a book because it's going to coming out soon. Uh, a Confederacy of Hot Dogs. And on a side note, I just wanted to mention this since we're talking about Clive Barker. There's just, this became this running joke uh, that the character he uh, he loves Clive Barker, but he thinks um, oh shit now I can't even remember the movie. Oh uh, fuck when they were oh god god I can't even think of my own movie. Uh, help me out here. Not Hellraiser. Not R- Candyman. Rex. Nope. Midnight Meat Train. Nope. Um, oh shit. Nightbreed. Nightbreed. He he hates Nightbreed with all of his soul. He gets he actually gets fired from a job because they have Nightbreed shirts and he refuses to sell them. He says they they should only be allowed for wiping asses. Uh, the character it's based on he loves Nightbreed. It's like his favorite Clive Barker movie. So I don't know. It just became this funny joke. But yeah, it's it, uh, it's a really really funny book. It's about a, a horror loving poet. It's based on a real poet named Philip Propresti. Um, and he, uh, he, he makes a paint, he, he does a piece of artwork that's so bad it, it kills a woman and he has to, uh, he has to get a job selling hot dogs to pay for the funeral. It, it's, it's pretty funny. I'm really proud of this one. So Confederacy of Hot Dogs. And what's the release date on that? It's looking like it's going to be, like a pre-release is going to be, uh, September 1st. All right, so keep an eye out, folks. That Definitely. sounds good as shit. Yeah, uh, right on. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us online? Well, I'll tell you what. They can find us on Twitter at RankinVileCast. Uh, they can find us on Tumblr at just RankinVile. We rarely update it, but also we... Apparently, we, we, we do post gore uh, GIFs, apparently. What do we post? I... I the Tumblr is a is a it's mystery. Just... It's gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Vampire of, of Hunter gore. D gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but that's 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 our personal brand is just Vampire Hunter D gifts. Well, we um, also have links to uh, our listener Dusty Dustin Kramer um, keeps a letterboxed list of all the movies we've talked about updated. We have outdated 
versions of the list on our Tumblr. Uh, that will be the place if we get around it to put new versions. Um, I tell you what's really popping. Uh, I've been working real hard on our Instagram account. We're at Rank and Vile. If you check out our story, uh, well, that probably won't be live anymore. Yeah, I do stuff like uh, post my son's Gravedigger monster truck videos and like what books are coming in the mail and stuff like that. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Um, heads up, if you want to put in a listener request, I promise we do take listener requests. Uh, shoot us an email at RankinVileCast. Uh, that's RankinVileCast at gmail.com. If you want to advertise with the show, uh, or if you're a filmmaker and you want us to review your film, that's also where you can get uh, in touch with us. Yeah. All right. Have a great week. Take it easy, guys. Peace.